Man, we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight in Vancouver, all my real fans. Sipping on a 40, Kyle Bowen talking to you. Shout out to SB Nation, shout out to Nux Misconduct. You know, a different type of episode here. You know, we've been having a lot of fun fucking around with the structure, you know, trying to do something different with the hockey podcast. But today, we're just gonna, we're, just gonna, we're gonna keep it simple. We got Nick Bondi in here. What up? How you doing? I'm doing very well. Beautiful day outside. In nothing, Burnaby. No, nothing better than to spend it inside doing a podcast. Exactly, man. Yo, Burnaby's a beautiful place. It's got gems. Very, very diverse in terms of like what you can do in Burnaby. Exactly, like man. Exactly. Close to the city of Vancouver as well. And I just went on a little trail by the refinery. Crazy views of North Van and, and crazy views of um, Playland. Yeah. So no, it's not you got, bad. You got a really sick view from that around there. Yeah. So it's nice, man. Burnaby, shout out to uh, shout out to you and shout out to uh, the Vancouver Canucks. They picked up their first win on Wednesday. It was a big day, not because they got their first win, but because of Bo Horvat and the whole captain thing. Mm-hmm. Bondi, what does a captain have to do in the NHL uh, in 2019? I think, I think you touched about it uh, on your last podcast. It's more about dealing with the media, right? Like, mm-hmm. Especially in the Canadian market, you gotta you like for for media members. They're the they're the first. The captain is the first person they go and talk to, right? After a lo- you gotta you gotta be accountable after a loss, and after and after a win as well. Maybe so- yeah, maybe maybe it's not as harsh after a win, but especially after a loss, like media is gonna go to the captain first and foremost to see like what's up, what went wrong exactly but don't you think that just don't you think there's more i feel like everyone said that you know being a captain in 2019 in a canadian market if i feel like 99.9 percent of it is just based on the media yeah because that's that's how we view the team like we're yeah. not we're not in the room during the intermissions we don't know what's going on i'm sure there's a lot part of big part of it as well as just you know being able to be lead men so to say and you know yeah. being able to motivate and you know man like they were talking about this on spin chicklets like a captain has to manage personalities like mm. like they were, like uh paul bissonette was talking about how shane doan used to have to like deal with like with these guys like personal problems like they'd be like oh man my my, my wife and kids or something like hey. that and like you so know, it's more than the media it's like yeah, just no, being that guy it, but we latch on to the media because that's what we see mm, that's like okay. that's the one part of it we don't see what goes on you know yeah. on the bus or on the plane or anything like that like there's a large part of it but as fans we interact with the team mostly through media and what then you know and i guess social media and what the team puts out there yeah. but we don't see we're, we're not watching a plane ride for five hours or you know no, 100 percent five hours seeing what's up so there is more of that that human aspect you know in, in picking who the captain is and horvat obviously is the right guy I'm just trying to understand how, you know, it seems like the only answer is, you know, what is the guy going to say after a bad loss? What is the guy going to say after a losing streak? What is the guy going to say, you know, after, you know, a player is struggling or he is struggling in a Canadian market? I understand hockey in Canada. It's intense. It's, it's different. It's, it's not, it's not like Florida. It's not like Arizona. It, it's a, it's a thousand times that. Horvat is the guy that has the answers, though. I'm telling you, I, I played a couple clips on the last episode. He's got the cliches <laughs> locked down. Locked down. He's no hesitation. Perfect, he's a perfect hockey man in terms of that. And, and we'll get to more. We'll get to more of the the Henrik Sedin talk later because we're gonna go through some of the captains, most recent captains in Canucks history. And, and I think Henrik being there when Horvat was there really taught Bo a lot with answering those questions. Yeah. I mean, the Canucks sucked 
towards the end of Hendrickson's career. Hendrickson was the master <laughs> of like being like even keeled guy after you know yeah the Canucks got shit pumped seven two by like the Sharks or something like that. No, hundred percent. He would be the guy you know the the media would have to you know talk to afterwards. How hard is that? How hard is that to I have mean, the sure. cliches on deck? You just got to keep a straight face and I'm sure it's mentally taxing. hundred percent. Yeah, mentally taxing. It probably for sure. it probably weighs on weight on him a bunch. No, it does. That that's a fact, man. It, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see Horvat evolve now because. He's going to have to be better in all aspects of his game. I mean, this is now we're going to see Horvat's second part in his career, and it, it has to be better. And we are talking about a team in Vancouver that hasn't made the playoffs in a while. And yeah. But I think it, a big part of that, too, is that he needs consistent wingers. Yeah, that's, big, that's never going to happen. We talk, <laughs> I mentioned when we were watching the game, like, you know, the Edmonton helicopters have got no wings. You might as well change Bo Horvat's middle name to helicopter because he's never had any wings, like, throughout, like, his NHL career, it seems like. It's, it's been, like, all over the place. Even yeah. this year, they're always starting it again, man. They move, Who would have thought? They, they move Miller off his line and move it up to the first line, which I guess you got it, which, I mean, worked out brilliantly at a four-point game. But, mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, it's just, <laughs> you, you got to find consistency with the wingers. That's how he takes the next step. Yeah, who would have thought that that Horvat, Horvat got his guy, got JT Miller, and two games after, he gets to play no, with I, I, Eric Ed Branson's uh, acquisition and, and Michael Ferland, who, you know, Hasn't really done much all season. But, you know, Horvat, Horvat will get it done. I mean, if he could do it with Tim Schaller last year and still play well, he played probably, what, like six, seven games with them probably? Oh, I feel yeah. like he did. Uh, Horvat's a good player. He'll get it done. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The next chapter in Bo Horvat's career, major X factor on this team for years to come. Uh, on this episode, I just want to go over the captains that, that we've experienced in our lifetime i'm not going back to the 80s i'm not going back to the 70s okay that's just we're going to be bullshitting the whole time straight up we're going to be talking about I mean, what I we read think, in a paragraph i, I think we get away with it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> right yeah it. orland was a he was a good guy yeah. you know he was a perfect real, guy real in the pros 70s pro. exactly okay we're just going to go up only after. smoked about two cigarettes <laughs> after every game he really 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 kept it under control during hockey season yo remember all those stories about hockey players just hacking darts in between intermissions i was about yeah. to say in between shifts but yo, in between. Hey, hey you know what probably back in like the 1950s did that yeah man that's hey man whatever gets the job done okay let's go over these captains we're gonna go after go over linden messier naslin and henrik okay and i know that well i can speak for myself i think i was maybe four years old three years old when when messier was here doing his thing i believe so 97 yeah. 98 99 yeah around that time so i i didn't get to watch him personally but we were, we were still on this earth and now we're hearing like what what it was all about and i, I do want to talk about talk about that later but we'll, we'll first start with trevor linden okay so trevor linden wasn't there on wednesday night to the to help with the ceremony I and mean, we're talking about the 14th captain in canucks history and we're talking about mr canuck you know for some reason this may sound harsh that 94 team a team that lost is remembered you know it's remembered vancouver face it okay we like to hang on to the losses real talk that's what else do we have to do <laughs> exactly we don't want anything we gotta we gotta remember the losses we gotta linger on and, and for whatever whatever reason that is trevor linden comes out of that 94 run and he's remembered forever well what seems like forever and it kind of faded towards the end of his tenure here as president is his is his legacy tarnished yeah i think so you think so right well Actually, I should I should try. I'm tracking back. Sorry, I'm tracking back. Track back. Because, Do your thing. Because I think the way he left kind of leaves things up to the question up in the air. Because if you want to believe the sort of reports and 
what's been out there. Mm -hmm. It seems like Trevor Linden was the guy pushing for, you know, traditional the rebuild. rebuild. He was the guy, you know, tearing it down. You know, I want to, I want to, you know, trade these guys for draft picks and like develop through the draft. Whereas it was Aquilini and Benning. Mm -hmm. It was Aquilini mostly. He's like, hey, I want playoff. I want that. He wants, Frankie wants that playoff revenue. Exactly, man. Fred, Francesco Frankie Aquilini. wants that playoff revenue, man. Francesco Aquilini seems like a type of guy who refers to himself in the third person. Is it? <laughs> he seems like like Fra Frankie needs that playoff revenue. Frankie, Ooh. Frankie wants that dough. Exactly, man. And, and I and I think Jim Benning saw an opportunity to be like, oh, okay, well, if the owner wants uh, mm -hmm. playoffs quickly, I'm just gonna be like, okay, yeah, we can do that to save his job. And, and fair and enough. I mean, if and, that's coming from the ownership and, and you're Jim Benning, you know, it's a it's, it's a hard world out there. It's a hard world out there. Really, really is. You got to look out for yourself sometimes, yeah, right? And, and who and, knows if these stories are, you know, true or not? Because I was listening to uh, Matt Sakaris on TSN Dead Forty yesterday. Oh yeah, one of the best. Yeah, and he was saying that essentially, whenever someone leaves Connect Sports Entertainment, they have mm -hmm. to sign an NDA, like a non-disclosure agreement. Ooh, Fra Frankie does Frankie, that. Frankie, Frankie <laughs> runs a tight ship, man. You, you, Frankie, you, you, you don't you don't get to as wealthy as he is without you know running a tight ship. And I think that's the way and, it should be. Yeah, but, yeah. but apparently Matt Sakara is saying the Canucks are only NHL franchise who does that. Ooh. <laughs> which is, yeah. Which, it's on which some is, really, like, Italian mob stuff, yeah. eh? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> keep, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, exactly. Yo, I've never watched Godfather. Really? Um, the la I only watched one like, mafia movie. What's the one with... Uh... Frankie runs a code of silence with the Canucks. That's yeah. what he does. What's the one that I watched? Name them. Name up like the... the Godfather 1 and 2, Goodfellas. You ever watch Goodfellas? Yeah, that's the one. Goodfellas, Goodfellas. Goodfellas is like the ultimate like cable movie like okay cool back, back in the day oh like, it's always on tbs it's always on like some sort of cable yeah. and i'm always gonna watch it hey, anyways man. anyways back back <laughs> back to the canucks um yeah so he was matt scares was saying that he signed nda and the canucks are only franchise who does that so you gotta wonder if and how true these stories are coming out because does he get assassinated if he says anything like what happens <laughs> I, I bet you i bet you frankie knows some like some some goons out there who will who will, oh, who will man. gladly do the job you know, you know what, Trevor? But, but at the same time, <laughs> I think, I, I just think that you got to you gotta wonder how true these stories are about like, oh, Lyndon wanted the rebuild or not because he's not allowed to say anything. And you got to wonder if it's just kind of his buddies in the media. You know, you, you got to think a guy like Ian McIntyre, <laughs> like I, I don't want to rip on the guy. Hey, you but, don't have to. But the guy has. Or you can. But the th think about this. Ian McIntyre has covered Trevor Linden pretty much his entire career. Whole career. He's he's known at him different parts, at, at all parts. At all parts. He's known him since he was twenty years old and there you go. continuing into like his managerial career. I'm sure he's got a connection there and maybe he wants to help out Trevor Linden by, you know, Mm. Well, you this know, guy is coming up with the theories, man. I, I, hey, I'm Who staying, knows I'm, what happened? I'm staying woke on it. Hey, I don't know if fair it's true. I'm staying woke. Well, I'm staying okay. Woke. Well, now you look at what happened on Wednesday, Wednesday night, right? And you know, I wrote down this uh, topic, and I had someone in the studio yesterday that that I wanted to talk about this situation, and they didn't want to. They thought it was too drama filled. You know, the, is this necessary to talk about? Do we have to talk about Trevor oh, Linden not showing up oh, on I Wednesday? I love to talk about it. I, I think okay, it is. I think it is necessary. So We're excuse, talking about Captain Canuck. We're yeah. talking about the guy that, yeah, I, for a lot of older fans, exactly. Maybe maybe we don't necessarily associate mm -hmm. him as like the ultimate captain of the Vancouver Canucks because think about it. Like he had to give up the the captaincy of the Messier when he came here, and I was like three years old. Yeah, but. But he was still, even when they trade back for him, he was still like a respected member. Even growing up, like Trevor Lindsay was I one of those respected members of the Canucks who everyone, like he had, he was Captain Canuck. And it's a big deal if he's not show up. Like Matt Sakaris was saying yesterday that 
he booked a trip like two months in advance and like he couldn't make it. okay that's bullshit the angel schedule comes biking out. across canada yeah, or something like what the angel schedule comes out like end of june yeah we knew this game was going on like before canada Day. you're telling me like he couldn't you booked the thing two months ago you knew this game was going on he didn't want to be there and yeah maybe, I know. okay a hundred percent aquilinis are just like well maybe it's still awkward but a hundred percent trevor linden didn't want to be there i don't think that he would do that for himself his pride it's it's still short notice and, and if he did get if he did get backstabbed why would you do that yeah. who cares also ownership controls like who shows up to these 100 percent, right and 100 percent maybe and, they don't want him there but i think i think he's there for like one of the henrik and daniels i think so yeah. because i think I think it's Henrik and Daniel. For I think it's always usually the players. That's right? above the Canucks. Yeah, I think it's if you're getting your jersey tied, you pretty much get to say like who comes and who not. Mm, I, I wonder how that it. is. I wonder how. I, but I think that's how it works. Mm. It was interesting. It was interesting not to see uh, Trevor Linden there. Yeah, you know, the, seeing those old heads I'm, question I'm, I'm it. I'm looking forward to the shitstorm if Trevor Linden show up for the same. Hey, and and that could happen. You know, we're talking about Trevor Linden now. My relationship with Linden is a lot different from let's say someone who's 40 years old, right? Fair enough. Like I remember when tread, tread carefully where he's hey, in this fair, relationship. Hey, it's all it's all good. Trevor Linden, when he got traded back to the Canucks in what early two thousands, yeah, I remember I remember his like picture was on the front page of the province. Uh, I was a big Canucks fan, but I didn't know who Trevor Linden was. I, I wasn't a big NHL fan, just a big Canucks fan. I didn't have the internet at my house. I, I, I was like I was the same, yeah. Yeah, so I showed my dad I'm like who the hell is this guy, and my dad just spoke very highly of him. He was Mister Canuck. But even after that, again, I was a young Canucks fan. I'm not. I'm not. My favorite player is not a third-line player. You know what I'm saying? So my connection with Linden was, I didn't care. I didn't care that much. I saw the videos. Again, the Vancouver Canucks are, you know, they celebrate. There's, there's not a lot to celebrate here. They celebrate losing, you know? They do. The 94 recap video of, of what happened in that, in that series, in that run, uh, what other teams in, in North American sport, and I'm probably wrong on this, make DVD packages for a loss? The they, were they were the lovable losers. Like <laughs> they were the seventh seed who upset like a pretty good Calgary Flames team, right? And then managed to go all the way to game seven. They were like the no one expected them to go on that run, right? That's I think the connection. But like, you make a DVD back. and you celebrate it oh, well, again. I, I, as a what, kid, I watched again. it a lot and I, I appreciate it. And that's when I learned more about Lyndon Burray, Courtnell, all the guys, Kirk McLean. But as I got older, well, and you read into it. and you read into other sports, you just like what. We're we're celebrate. We really, really, really celebrate what happened in '94. <laughs> okay, so like you've been reading this book, yeah. hundred things Canucks fans should know and do before they die mm -hmm. on the thing. The, I, and I read the book like when it came out, and big takeaway I took away from Canucks have been a dog shit franchise, hundred percent dog existence. shit. You know, there's a stat like, in that book. It's like they've the had like about for about fifty years. They've probably had about ten years of like they're like a good team and mm -hmm. can contend. That's it. And, so you're say, and you're saying, like, what else do we celebrate? Yeah. But you, I don't think... You, here's a better question, okay? This may rub people the wrong way. Uh, and I talked to the homies about this yesterday who are dire Canucks fans. I said that, yo, if the Canucks... It, with, if the Canucks win the Stanley Cup, let's say, two years, three years, four years, whenever, right? 50 years after that point, I don't think the fan base... Again, this is this is easy to say, hard to believe. I don't think that fan base fifty years from now will remember '94. Who cares about teams that lost? Yeah. We want to remember champions. That's what that's that's what really gets cemented. Uh, Trevor Linden, to me, again, 20, 26 years old, don't have the deepest connection with them. I, I still find it fascinating how he didn't show up based on again 
his history with this team. He's so celebrated in this city. When you, when you talk to my parents, they talk about Trevor Lynn. And when you talk to my, my aunties who are just coming from Fiji around that time, their, their person, their athlete of choice, their celebrity of choice in our city is Trevor Linden. And he wasn't there. Yeah, again, like I, I find the excuse that he came up with, like, oh, I, I booked the thing two months. Dude, you knew about this game, like, end of June. Like, dude, he's not going to show up. He, it's He may be a prideful dude at this moment in his life. Yeah. He He's done so much. And, and, yeah, okay, he didn't bring the cup home. He didn't win a championship. But, you know, he did a lot in the community. He played a lot of hours on this team, did a lot of things. Or the Vancouver Canucks, and, and I think the way that you know they they let him go, even though what, didn't they say that he resigned? Yeah, it was some sort <laughs> of like they mutually parted ways. Yeah, over business. Yeah, Frank, Frank is a smart dude. You know, yeah. he's not taking any chances with with anything hockey related, and how that situation you know came about with Trevor Linden in what last July. The Canucks, man, what an interesting franchise. Okay, let's move on to uh, to Mark Messier, and I can't really talk too much about Mark Messier with you because both of us really didn't get to watch him play. We just heard the stories, you know? But I want to ask you a question. What if... My only, my only like, reference to Mark Messier is anytime... Lays. They, they, yeah, the Lays commercials. And anytime my uh, my dad sees Mark Messier, like, in terms of, like, Captain of the Cracks, he just calls him a bum. A he's bum. A, you're a fu- he's a fucking bum. Damn, he must have... He must have rubbed people the wrong way right away. I mean... We're talking about the captain of a team that beat your team in the Stanley Cup Finals, coming along with the yeah. coach too. I think Keenan came around the same yeah. time or was stripping, already here. You know, stripping Linden of the captaincy. <laughs> I, and I think number eleven at the time. This, reading, this organization, reading, man, I'm reading, telling reading, you. Uh, reading the book that Mike Halford and Thomas Strantz wrote. Yeah. Number eleven was apparently retired, like unofficially retired at the time too. Oh, by because uh, someone passed away, right? Yeah, like the the guy he died, like oh man, he died at the time. <laughs> and and Messi just took the and number. Messi was like, "Fuck it, I need number 11. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so what if, what if Mark Messier? What if that era of Canucks hockey, the Mark Messier era? was around the time where, let's say, social media was around and Twitter was around. Could you imagine Canucks Twitter handling Mark Messi as a Vancouver Canuck? Oh, man, Canuck? They, they'd roast him. <laughs> they, they'd, they'd, they'd run him out of the city. Are you kidding me? Oh, man, that would have been uh, that would have been something else. And even if you look back at those teams, when Mark Messi was the captain, they're pretty stacked, yo. Did they have Burry? Didn't they have McGillney? <laughs> yeah, no, they traded, I think, Burry after the first year he was around. Oh, damn, bro. I, who would have... Who does that? What organization does that? The Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. It's true. It's facts, man. I mean, Mark Messier, even post-Vancouver Canucks, I, again, no no internet for me. I didn't really connect with the fact that Messier was once a Canuck. He ended his career back with the Rangers. He was just known as the Lays guy. And then you just go deeper and deeper into your life, and you hear all these radio hosts, all these media members, always, always bring up how bad, how horrible that era of Canucks hockey was. I think I think Trevor Linden on his article with the Daily Hive had him ranked as the worst captain in Vancouver yeah. Canucks history. No, what, what the hell did he do when he was here? <laughs> what exactly did he do? Oh, man. If the Canucks were talk like show radio worst... would have been funny around that time, man. Oh, man, I wish I could go back. The headline, yeah, I wish I could go back. Again, we don't have much to say on Marc Messier, but, man, if Twitter was around, it would have been, it would have been nice. We'll continue the list after this ad. Now, I can speak for myself, but I'm going to guess I can speak for you, too, on, on the next guy. Marcus Naslin. 
was he your first favorite player in the NHL? Yeah, easily. Yeah, oh, yeah. easily. And oh, yeah. he was our captain. Yeah. And one that moment. The wraparound, the, a, like, the filthy like wrist shot he had. Coast to coast. Remember against yeah. Ottawa? Yeah. Picks it up behind his net, goes coast to coast, scores against uh, Patrick Laleem. Patrick Laleem, that's a throw. Four goal game against Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, Marcus Naslin, our demographic, the one that we fit in. Yeah, our favorite player. Captain-wise, though, the team, <laughs> the team never got out of the second round. So where does he fit in the grand scheme of things? Again, it's easy to put him at the high part of all-time captains list on this team, which which has a lackluster history. But Marcus Naslin, what does he what does he mean to mean to you now as a Vancouver Canuck? I think he uh, it feels me, empty, it, right? It, well, it's nostalgic first and foremost mm. because, like, like we said, like he's the first kind of Canuck captain I remember. He's the first, like, my first favorite player in the NHL. But I think. Yeah, the whole couldn't get out of the second round. I don't think it's all on him, though. Oh, yeah, it's not a all lot on of him. It, He's just, just a leader. He's yeah, just a captain. A lot of it is like Dan Kluge. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it right now. Like, I remember back when I was in my naive younger days, I thought Dan Kluge was a good goalie. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, he's going to put it together this year. This playoffs is going to put it together. We can go on a run. And every year, he would just choke. Man. It, I was the same way. My very first Canucks memory is I remember the series against Detroit. They were up 2-0. They beat Detroit in both games in mm -hmm. Detroit. And Detroit, and, Henrik or Daniels scored an overtime winner against yeah, yeah, Hasek. Yeah. And I just remember, oh, man, we're winning the cup. Like, we're winning <laughs> the cup. Oh, one oh two, right? Yeah. This, this is before I realized the fall in the NHL and realized, like— And that was before that, the Canucks that, actually took off. I mean, they were a better team the year after. They yeah. Were, they were great the year after. Yeah, they were, like, the up-and-coming team. Yeah. And, like, this was before I, of course, fall— the rest of the NHL and didn't realize that <laughs> Detroit was Hall of Famer. Detroit was like Detroit Hall of Famers. Detroit legit. was like the like EA NHL let's name, GM let, mode. Let's stat. name all their players. Like oh man, who okay, so they, it's, it's usually a name who they didn't. We'll have. go back and forth. You go first. Uh, well, they had Hasek, Hasek, Eiserman, Lidstrom, Shanahan, uh, Luke Robitaille, Brett Hall. They had Chris Chelios, Igor Larionov, Fedorov. Holy, um, they also had what, Chris Draper. Yeah, they had Draper. Did we? Did you say Nick Lidstrom? You already said him, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, weren't they more staff? They had Datsuk. Datsuk. Oh, that man. was like Datsuk's like first, first year. year. Yeah. We just named like eight Hall of Famers, man: yeah. Igor Larionov, Fedorov, Eiserman, Shanahan, Hall, Robotai, oh, Lidstrom, Chelios, stacked. Dominic Hasek, but like eight, Chris Draper, Kirk like, Malpe, Darren McCarthy. Like, bro, they were. Yeah. That was an elite team. They're absolutely stacked, but like. And we were up to nothing seven, on them. Seven, eight-year-old Nick didn't realize that, <laughs> like. They were that stacked, so I'm like, okay, yeah, we're winning the cup for sure. No, yeah, right. Yeah, and then with Trent Clatt. Yeah, and uh, and then there was one one lane. We all know where this is. Going. Yeah, we all no, know where it's going. We all this is going. Kluche's five hole, man. Kluche like led a shot from Lister from center ice, and they lost the game, and they lost all three straight games. Yeah, there's a cool story about that too. It's been it's been told a lot over the last year about how Eiserman when when they were down to nothing and they were traveling in Vancouver on a bus and they're being heckled by fans. You know, he like Good. he turned around. Good. He turned around in, to like his team on the bus, I believe, or maybe this was on the plane, and he just told them we're not losing this fucking series, and they didn't lose it. That team was stacked, man. And Lidstrom actually talked about that goal on a Spin Chicklets podcast. He was just on. It was a good interview. You should go check it out. Uh, Marcus Naslin will continue on him. Do you remember that time where, you know, so so many things were riding on the Canucks towards the end of what was it the O two O three year or was it O four when? When like Naslin could have won the Art Ross, Bertuzzi could have won the Rock of Richard, and the Canucks could have won the Northwest Division against Colorado. Yeah, but they yeah, choked yeah, yeah. in the last game, and Marcus Naslin in front of yeah. in front of everyone said we choked. Yeah, 
That's what I like from a captain. Oh, you do? Being brutally honest. Hey. Sometimes, you know, that's that's what happened. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes that's, that's just what, you, that's what happened. And that's what you got to say to the fans. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to to roast Naslin uh, completely. You know, going into this recording, I thought that that, that was going to happen. But just now, you know, going back and forth with you, it, it's... Breaking up Marcus Naslin gives you, that, gives you that, like, that warm, it, fuzzy feeling. It gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling. I thought it was a feeling of emptiness, but now just going back, it's... Yeah, it's... He was one of the best players in the NHL at his time. You know, a lot of things happen when when teams lose. When teams lose. He wasn't, you know, prototypical playoff type of player going in the corners, nailing people, sparking up the crowd. He just he was there to get points and, and do that thing that you know Horvat's supposed to do is and talk to the media, answer the questions, answer the quote unquote tough questions. How about the end of his career as a Vancouver Canuck? Wasn't that just sad? Yeah, no, it was. It was pretty sad like it was just like he couldn't really score and then like all this rumors about him getting yeah and then they brought in mike gillis who was his agent i think yeah it was his agent and mike gillis is like yeah you're gone yo and how I, disheartening does that have to be dude, if you're for if your agent becomes the gm of your team you're like oh man i got it made i'm I, gonna get a job i'm gonna be on this team he's like yeah you're cut beat it i believe i'm right on this and you know if i'm wrong i'm an idiot but i do think that trevor linden's last game was as a canuck i remember when who was it? Aginla, right? Mm. Came out with uh, came out with this team, gave him handshakes. Yeah. It was like this big thing. Trevor Linden's last game in the NHL. That that was the last game of Marcus Naslin's yeah, time with the Canucks be, yeah. as well. It turned out to be his last game, yeah. Who was the better player, Naslin or Linden? Ooh. That's a great question. I would say Naslin, but I'm I biased would, because I, I didn't get to watch Linden in his prime. I got to see third, fourth line Linden. Pull up Trevor Linden's stats right now. I don't think Trevor Linden... Pull him up, ever, pull him up. I don't think he ever came close to like... 90, 100 points. And, and, yeah, and just going back to that point, Naslin wasn't celebrated towards the end of his career here. He was just that guy. People were just waiting for the contract to end. And then he goes to New York, plays one year on a two-year deal with New York and retires, and then kicks to Sweden. And then it's... I guess that's why it feels kind of empty when when take I bring up Marcus Naslin. to Trevor Linden's career high? Career high in goals. Uh, 33. You're actually spot on. It is 33. Spot on? What about points? I'm going to say, uh, damn. There's a lot of goals scored in like the early 90s. I'm going to say 78. No, 80 and 95, 96. Okay. Cool, See, cool. Marcus Naslin was the better scorer. Oh, he was. He was the better. It's hard, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be the whole debate. You know, the two-way Canadian guy versus the, the European finesser, you know? Who was the better player? Yeah, so Naslin's best year was the 0203 season yeah. where... He had 104 points and 48 goals. And he lost that's to Peter Forsberg. Yeah. Oh, bro, 48 goals and putting up yeah. 103. Like, yeah, that's a that's a great year, man. He was on all the commercials, man. Ilya Kovalchuk, remember yeah. that commercial? NHL 05. Oh, man, he was on the cover of that. EA yeah. Sports is in the game. He was an all-star. He was a superstar. He didn't get the, the ultimate job done. And I keep bringing that up. Sounds negative, but hey, we're talking about professional sports. We're talking about the city of Vancouver. We're yeah, talking about a passionate fan base. He had Win 25 the cup. goals. 25 just- goals. Which is, which is pretty good. He had some not, time with the, the Sedins on yeah, that year. I remember. Yeah, but not up to the lofty standards that he was like up to before, which I think is part of the reason why people were kind of choked. Okay, so Naslin was your your first favorite player. Yeah, were you were sure. you were you hurt when he left? No, I don't think so. You don't remember? Or you don't actually think so? I don't. You're just I was ready a, to move on. I was just ready to move on. It's just like okay, well, Henrik and Daniels. Yeah, team. pretty it's much. Time. Yeah, it was. Wow, Naslin just vanished, not celebrated towards the end of his career. Okay, next captain. Next captain, Luongo. <laughs> Lou. Yeah, I was such a big Lou fan, man, because for years, you brought up Dan Cluche. We just 
we're that team. No goalie. No goalie. Yeah. Who's our goalie? What's this? And then Luongo comes, and he totally, noticed, he totally changed this organization, man. They've noticed pulled off the uh, the Please. hustle hustle of the of the decade. Yes, the best trade of that decade was Roberto yeah. Luongo for Brian Allen, Alex Ald, and Todd Bertuzzi. Todd Bertuzzi barely played. He played a half a year in Florida. Then he His back was fucked. Yeah. Yo, and we got Luongo. We got an MVP candidate off the jump. Luongo totally changed his whole team. Now, I know Vigneault came in at the same time, and it was more of a defensive structure. I do believe, like, Jeff Cowan was on the team that year, too. Yeah, I, Jeff I Cowan, the Barbarian. The Barbarian was doing Let's his go. thing. And, and man, man, oh, man. Luongo, when he got named captain, weren't, weren't you, uh, weren't you, like, somewhat, somewhat happy for him? Everyone was, thought it was a bad decision, but yeah. at the time, I was like, yo, this is dope. Well, it was it was pretty cool, I think, at the time to see uh, have a goalie be captain of the Canucks, right? Yeah, so cool. it was it was just, it so was just cool. super different, which is which is what I kind of liked about him. Like, hey, okay, well, he's our best. I was like, hey, he's our best player. It makes how does it not make sense to make him captain? And wasn't he? But it turns he, out maybe he wasn't like as natural of a leader as you know maybe Henderson we're gonna get to later. And, and you know, people, I don't play hockey, so people do say it's near impossible for the goalie to be the leader on your team. Yeah. But but at the time. From what I recall, Luongo was answering. He played a lot of games, so he had to answer a lot of questions nonetheless. But it seemed like he was just a face. He was the guy. He was the guy setting the tone for everyone. He was the hardest worker. Well, yeah. Well, that, especially that first season, the Canucks won every game pretty much like 2-1. If Luongo had a bad game, they were, they were fucked. They were toast. Yeah. They were toast. That team sucked. <laughs> yeah. That, they had pretty much like outside Sedins. Not really much going on offensively. Yeah, 100%. It was just, uh, man, it, it was the Roberto Luongo show. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, that first game against Dallas in the playoffs, he had like 70 something saves or something like that. Yeah, triple, quad, quadruple quad, overtime. Quad overtime. Quad overtime. He was good that whole series, uh, the famous bathroom game where they lost in game five to the Ducks. That whole year was eventful. Uh, and what, he got named captain midway through. Did he get named captain like halfway through the season or before the season started? I think it was like near oh, the beginning this, of the season. Yeah, like near this, yeah, end of summer, I believe so. But. Uh, people do like to frown upon that choice. Again, it turned out to be the wrong choice. Luongo kept, and I'll be honest, one of my favorite Canucks of all time. He kept choking against Chicago. He couldn't get it done. The pressure got to him. Everything was on him. The team wasn't that good, but actually there were moments where that team was kind of stacked. In like 2009, 2010, yeah, those, those teams were those, good. The teams that lost to Chicago were actually pretty good. Yeah, that one run we had with uh, with um, Sundin, Demetra, Henrik, Daniel, Kessler. Yeah, they had, they had deep teams. And yeah, they just lost. Kyle what, Wellwood. <laughs> game six, right? Game six, six to Chicago. It was it was Luongo's last game as captain. And um, I don't know if you have a word to sum up that whole era. What would it be? Putting you on the spot, I would say bizarre. I would say, I would say, very dash Canuck. That's one word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the Canucks, man. They just. For a team that hasn't won a Stanley Cup, there's been so many eventful moments. Yeah. Huh. So I guess, you know, you know, that's why, you know, there's still the talking point in this city. Okay, next up we had uh, Henrik. Henrik was arguably, yeah, the best captain in Vancouver Canucks history. And the one thing that he has above all these other captains, yeah, he doesn't have a cup, but he has a heart trophy. And, and say what you title. want. Yeah, and a scoring title. And say what you want. That That means a lot. The best player. Considering they NH haven't won one before. Exactly. And haven't won one since. They haven't yeah, won much. This organization hasn't pretty, won much. Big deal. 
Yeah, very no, he, big deal. I, th- he, I think he is pretty much consensus now. Yeah. Looking back, now since he's retired, we kind of look back at it a bit more. Yeah, he's the best captain in the Canucks history. You know that. He got, as, he got this team as close as you can humanly get to winning a Stanley Cup. Game 7 at home. That's as close as you can get mm-hmm. to winning a Stanley Cup without winning one. I know. He got close. And, you know, I brought up the whole the whole theory that I think a guy like Trevor Linden may be forgotten 50 years. If in between those 50 years, the Canucks do have a Stanley Cup. I think this is the way, the way life goes. I mean, <laughs> you know, same people are not going to be around that, that like adore Trevor Linden. Mm. And the history won't be there to keep him alive for another 50 years in, in the sense that He's one of the best Canucks of all time, blah, blah, blah. But Henrik, I know he didn't win a cup, but like I said, he won a Hart Trophy. I think his legacy is cemented forever. Uh, on top of that being a twin, special circumstances, but winning that MVP in an era where Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin were in their prime, and Henrik got better later in his career, like in that old school prime age of like 30, 31, 29. He won an MVP. Crosby and Ovechkin were in the league in their primes at a young age. That's... That's crazy, man. 100%. And I think I think he's the best captain in Canucks history because he led the team during what I think is the best era in Canucks history, which oh, yeah. is that back-to-back President's Trophies, baby. Never forget. Never Banners forget. Banners fly forever. Remember the hashtag Champagne Problems? Were you on Twitter back in the day? I joined Twitter like June 2012. Okay, so, okay. Oh, you were just at the end of it. Probably, You yeah. were at the end of Champagne Problems. Probably. So champagne problems were when the league, everyone in the NHL hated the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, everyone. Embraced the hate. And we embraced it. And we were just like, yo, hashtag champagne problems. Oh, okay. Hey, man, that was a, that was a, an interesting era in Canucks history. Uh, one more question about Henrik. Uh, when he got named captain, 40th year, uh, it was a debate. It was Kessler or Henrik, wasn't it? And a lot of people in the city wanted Kessler to be that guy because he is a hockey dude, a two-way guy, a guy, guy that goes in the corners, a guy that gets gritty, a guy that can score goals. I do believe around the time there was people that wanted Ryan Kessler. Wow, what, what a terrible decision that would have fucking been. Hey, it was up there, man. People people were still calling talk show radio, you know, even when Henrik was having a little bit of success in the beginning of that year. Just, they just wanted Kessler to be that guy because, you know, good old two-way player. I know he's not Canadian, but that's the way hockey should be played. And we had that guy on our team. So imagine Kessler being a <laughs> captain for... Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> that's that, now that's a good debate to have is just what would have happened if Kessler was the captain? Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, Kessler, say what a you lot, want about him. A lot him. more wise would be, uh, would be uh, <laughs> oh, on the market, maybe. This guy hits, the, this guy hits the, the rumor mill on that one. Okay, so if Kessler was... If Kessler was captain, he'd be celebrated here, for sure. I mean, that guy, to total different player. Because when he demands a uh, trade, around that time, around that time, because look what Kessler did. This guy played through everything. You can uh, say what you want about Kessler. Say what you want about what he possibly did in this city, in this market, and how he wanted out. That era of Ryan Kessler hockey, 2010, 2011, and somewhat of 2011 to 2012, Kessler was one of the best players in the league, and he was doing everything, chirping other players. You know, playing physical, best best on the PK, winning the Selkie. He's cap. He was captain material. <laughs> you yeah. could argue that. Yeah, no, he was at the time. Yeah, at the time. But then looking back and how he left the team. Oh yeah, definitely not captain material. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> if he was captain and he demanded a trade like he did, he would be booed like mercilessly, like every time he touched the puck when he's here. Oh, hundred percent, dude. Oh, hundred percent. 
A hundred percent, man. We're we're a vindictive bunch. Where were you when you found out that he requested a trade? I remember the specific moment at where I was in my life. Uh, I don't I don't remember. I, I just remember at, I just remember seeing it on Twitter. I was actually in Burnaby and I saw it on Twitter. I remember it was there was like a rumor about him being at a bar in the Olympic Village. I remember reading about this. Yeah, and he was and, telling everyone, and, yeah, and, and I had a lot out. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan fucking Kessler, man. And and I remember reading that tweet imagine, and like, I was a, so sad. I can't imagine a worse place to leak some sort like tell someone you want out of team than a bar at the Olympics where was like, it all in Russia too. Yeah, where all these guys have nothing to do but just like sit and drink and you're gonna start a rumor there? Why not? <laughs> it's Ryan Kessler, you know? It, at that point in his career, I think he he knew where the Canucks were going and he just wanted to be in, in a place where they had a good shot at winning and yeah, at the time, I guess Anaheim, they were they're a pretty good team back in the day. It was a better situation than in Vancouver. Also get to live in California. Maybe he wanted a break from Canadian media. Who knows? Uh, Kessler, as angry as I was about him, and I know we're talking about captains and Kessler wasn't a captain, but damn, uh, uh, say what you want. The way, the way he went out, it was bad. It left a bad taste in the mouth, but now he's towards the end of his career. He's not even playing this year. It happens in all scenarios. I'm just, I'm just looking at the positives. You know, 2010, 2011, Ryan Kessler was, he was a good one of player, the best Canucks players of all it, time. Was wasn't captain material in hindsight? Right. In hindsight, in hindsight, no man. Like it, they made it, the right it, choice. Yeah, they made. Oh yeah, they made the right choice. They made the right choice. And, and Henrik was the guy that ultimately guided Bo to to be the captain. And now Bo Horvat's the captain. Um, Ultimate right choice. He's the guy. Uh, is Bo Horvat the guy that leads this team to to the Stanley Cup? That's what the city needs. Is he the first captain to do it? And if Bo Horvat, in his tenure as a Vancouver Canuck, wins a Stanley Cup, does he get streets named after him? Does he, he gets a statue for sure? But we're talking streets. Oh no, one hundred percent. Man, that, that's the opportunity here. He's never paying for a meal again. Nothing. Yeah. He has his chance, man. This is a big opportunity. Do you think it's a, that's a hard question? Do you think do you think Bo can do it? Well, he can't do it all by himself. He can't do it by he, himself. What what more do we need from Bo? You need him to be like a good second line center. I'd say like seventy point. The best second line center in the league. Yeah, pretty much. You need him to be like a stud, like second line center, putting up seventy points a year. And if he can do that, then he's doing his part. Mm -hmm. That's that's all we need. And we need Bo to to answer those questions. It's it's a waiting. Wait and see scenario with Bo Horvat as, as your captain of, of your Vancouver Canucks in the beautiful city of, of Vancouver. Uh, Nick, thanks for being here with us, man. It was a little, a little problem, last bro. minute interview right here. And I, I just wanted someone to discuss this with, man. The captaincy of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, ah, man, it's 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 hard to look at it with uh, and put it up to high standards because there's no there's no Stanley Cup yet. There's no Stanley Cup yet. The, the, the door is open there for... For one of these, for Bo Horvat or, or future captains to be the best captain ever. Yeah, whoever, <laughs> whoever wins the cup's becoming the best, best captain. captain ever. Let's let, yeah, let's, uh, people will quickly forget about Hendrick City if Bo yes. Horvat ever wins a Stanley exactly. Cup. Exactly. As much as people love Hendrick City, like, who, who cares? Like, That's Bo, a fact. Bo Horvat wins a cup. 50 years, no cup. Now Bo Horvat's the captain. Hopefully, during his time in this city, he does what, uh, you know, this city, does, this city needs, man. This city needs a fucking Stanley Cup down the road. Next 10 years, next 15 years, who knows? Horvath's going to be I the die. captain. But yeah, 100%, man. You, you ever go through that in your head? Like, damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm 26. I hope that I have, you know, a good 60 years left in the tank. 
you know, I'm going to keep myself in good shape, get to 86 at least. One cup. That's all I want. One cup. It'd be nice to have it's it sooner than later. It's been so I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, man. We got to go before it gets super depressing. That's Sipping on a 40. Follow, follow us on Twitter. Sipping on a 40. Shout out to Nux Misconduct. Shout out to SB Nation. Also, follow me on Twitter, too, at Kyle Bound. And get Nick as well. At, at Nick Bondi. At Nick Bondi. N-I-C-K-B-O-N-D. Oh, you, you spelled it for them, man. You didn't even make them work. Well, I want them to follow me. That's hey, why I don't want yeah, them to be. For sure, these guys don't know how to spell Bowen, but figure it out. That was sipping on a 40. <laughs>